Okay, so hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Default Global. This is where we connect with global first entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all around the world to share their experiences and knowledge. Our guest today is Claudio Rifeser, a founder at Bookie. Claudio, thanks for joining us today. Thanks you for uh, having us, uh, having me and uh, on behalf of all the, the Bookie team, we're really happy to, uh, to share some of our experiences. Awesome. So uh, let's let's start maybe with with your with your journey, right? So you you have this an extensive uh, background in strategy consulting, real estate, private equity, venture capital, right? And that's all before you stepping into this blockchain space, right? So maybe can you briefly walk us through your journey and tell us how has that divorce, I would say, experienced. Um, sort of influence your approach to building Bookie? Sure, sure. It's, uh, yeah, you, you might ask, you know, what is the link between real estate, venture capital, consulting, and then launching a, a tech company uh, in, the, in the field of uh, blockchain gaming related to sport? Uh, the, the, the connection is not uh, obvious. And indeed, it's not obvious. So if you ask me, uh, you know, what, what did I bring as an experience back to Bookie? In the end, not a lot, not a lot to, to be honest, because what I usually say to uh, a lot of people that ask me uh, how you, you step into the business is that I went from sort of web zero, web one to web three, you know, missing the, the web two, uh, the web two side. But it's especially because I missed the web two uh, wave that I wanted to surf on the web three, uh, web three wave. So I had a bit to reinvent uh, myself from the beginning and accept and accept that I didn't know uh, a lot about the industry, but that's, that's I think, something that a lot of entrepreneurs should uh, have as a, a key attribute is understand that they don't know everything yet and be very open and humble in asking questions to leaders, other entrepreneurs that went into Web2 eventually, because I talked with a lot of friends that launched companies in Web2, and because I didn't have any friends launching yet a, a company in Web3, but at least I understood uh, the challenges that they had, as I understood the you know the tech environment and and then yeah i was missing also a bit of the, the web3 knowledge so uh, i started doing a lot of calls with different uh, people and in the end well, we also got in contact uh, with you which opened up above some some doors within the tech uh, tech industry uh, being able then to recruit tech talent uh, that enabled us to make the, the first step uh, and bridge uh, our capacity to uh, to produce an mvp in a very short time frame that's awesome. And um, so Pookie, Pookie transforms the sports betting industry, right? By, by sort of replacing this conventional model with sports prediction, right? Particularly um, this, through this risk, risk-free risk model, right? So c- could you maybe explain more about this concept and how, how does it work for, for those who are not really familiar with Pookie, with the Web3 industry and with this new alternative? Sure. Uh... Our, it all started by uh, the fact that we felt that, that uh, sport betting today was offering something that was not completely suiting the needs or the, the wishes of, of the player, but it's basically the only thing that they have today on the market if they want to predict on sport events. So we looked at uh, sport betting. People love to predict on sport events, but what they don't like, especially on the long run, is to, to lose money. So if you look at sport betting, how is the core game loop works. Uh, you come onto the platform, you predict on a sport event, you have to stake money, and then it's black or white. Either you lose or you win. 
97% of people on the long run, they lose money. So what they do, they lose money, they put money again, they stake again, predict, etc. they lose again, and they enter into this vicious circle. So we felt that this is unhealthy. Also, when we spoke with a lot of uh, people that, that were doing sport betting that wanted to go away to sport betting, so we decided to offer an alternative and build it first and foremost as a game and not as a betting platform, not gambling, but gaming. So everything is oriented on gaming. And this is basically what we did. So we focused not on the financial reward as main aspect for the players to, to, to play the game, but mostly focusing on on uh, other aspects like competition, uh, strategy, com power, etc. Really enhance those kind of possibilities or those kind of um, players' motivation for them to enhance and play and have a nice uh, experience. So what did we do? We kept prediction because people love that. So we kept what people love. So you can predict on an event, but then we made it risk-free. And how did we do that, make it race-free? Because, because we leverage the power of the blockchain so that people, the players can own assets and they don't have a risk of losing the assets. So they need to own an asset to enter into the game, but they have no risk of losing. So in the end, this is like you, you don't enter in this vicious loop where you have the risk of losing, then you put it again. No, you have one time. And then uh, the difference that uh, we make is that we say it's a, a no risk, um, no risk, but uh, always win something and always something how do we do it it's of course not everybody can win something financial but you can win something that is like an in-game asset points of experience that enhance your gameplay and then you can use beside the core game loop which is about prediction you can use it in other forms of uh, uh, loops like progression game loops like leveling up ascension quest and these kind of things so we make it a game which is way more depth around just sport predicting. And we take away the the main player motivation, which is in sport betting is the financial reward. We give some financial reward, but the main player motivation on Pookie is having fun uh, by yourself or potentially with your friends. Mm, got it. So uh, Pookie, as well, like you said, is not a traditional betting platform, right? So uh, no. in as far as I understand, it doesn't kind of mm, regulate it, right? Due to this absence of any financial risks. Am I right? Correct, or... correct, correct. I mean, to to fall into the, the category of uh, sport betting, which is then gambling, there are four conditions. Uh, you need to be uh, a public, so I mean, anybody can join. Uh, there needs to be an expectation of, uh, of a reward, financial reward an aspect uh, of, uh, of luck. And the fourth one, which is very important, all those conditions, you need to, those four conditions, is a financial sacrifice, a stake, something. So sport betting, it's public. There's an element of luck because an event can happen. Um, anything can happen in a, in, in a, in a sport event. And uh, there is an expectation of reward, of course. And there is financial sacrifice because you're staking money and you have the risk of losing. Within Pookie, like I explained before, we take away uh, the, the, the staking element. There is no staking. So basically, you're not risking money and with the risk of losing it. And at the same time, it cannot be considered a financial sacrifice, the fact of buying an NFT to join the game, because you're always in possession of the NFT, and the NFT has a secondary market value. So you can always exit the game and trade it. Then, of course, the NFT can go up in value, can go down, depends on the demand and also depends on 
how much you have played the game because the more you play on the game like and uh, you understood well you can earn experience points or the points etc so your nft is a store of value and a way for you to monetize your engagement over time over the platform compared to free to play games where you spend a lot of time and then when you exit the game you stop well they tell you goodbye but uh, you you don't own anything and you have not a way of capitalizing and monetizing all the hours and the time that you spend so free games you enjoy it's fun financial uh, sport betting you you can earn a lot win a lot but on pookie you can win and at the same time have fun in a, in a, in a healthy way uh, in in your in your one of your interviews, I guess it was for Bitcoin.com. You, you mentioned that you, one of the biggest hurdles to mass adoption of the Web three technology is this complexity of user experience, right? And I'm just curious, how does Pookie address this challenge, particularly for sports fans who are might be not really like uh, um, familiar with blockchain, with technology, with Web3, right? So how do you do that? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. It was definitely a, a concern for us at the beginning or something, a point of attention because we, we say, okay, we want to build a, a game based on the blockchain because the, the, we want to leverage this technology, but a lot of people are a bit afraid, they're not very familiar, they don't know what a wallet is, uh, what is crypto, uh, is it scary, etc. So we, we took it really seriously. And uh, I think we, we, we're doing pretty well because when we look I mean, from our data, we estimate that 40% of our players are non-crypto native. So it's people that people that is qualified as Web 2 or Web 2.5, you know, people that I've heard about NFTs, crypto, maybe they were owning a bit, but they were not like savvy uh, crypto. And 60% are really uh, crypto crypto holders on our, on our platform. So what we do, what did we do? Uh, we did a few things, uh, very simple, uh, because we were in an MVP stage. Uh, first, we made it easy to connect your wallet if you have a wallet. Then, if you don't have a wallet, we partnered with uh, Sequence, allowing anyone to create a wallet in a very easy way in 30 or maybe one minute, depending if you choose social login or an email. But if you do it via social login, it's like really literally 30 seconds for you to create your first wallet on chain. So that was uh, something really good. And then, of course, you need a wallet to play the game. But on top of the wallet, you need an asset. So you need a wallet so that we can, the moment you buy the asset, the NFT, you can have it in your wallet. So the second step is buying the asset. What did we do here? And we said, okay, people can pay with crypto, but people that don't have crypto, how do we make it easy for them? So we, we integrated an on-ramp solution called Paper, which allows people to pay in credit card. So this is our first step, credit card. But now we are, for example, entering uh, the, uh, the Dutch market. We have a lot of uh, Dutch players. And over there, it's not credit card they use mostly. They use ideal and other way of payment. So we still have a lot to do to integrate most of the Web2 ways uh, or, or means of payment uh, so that we can like of course onboard more and more people but already credit card you address already of course a, a larger audience and then we went one step further we said another pain point for players uh, or that interact with the blockchain are the famous gas fees already gas fees very critical not everybody understand understand so we said that for people that uh, are not crypto native which created a wallet uh, with us we sponsor those gas fees. So Pookie pays for the gas fees of the user. So you basically, you can validate your transaction and you don't have to pay any fees because nobody like 
nobody likes to pay fees, which those fees, they, they don't even go to us in the end because they are there to pay uh, the blockchain. But you would have to explain that to the user, etc. Some of the users said, why well, have to pay uh, blockchain fees? I'm paying cookie fees. And we were like, no, no, you're not paying us. You're paying for the service because it's a public blockchain. But yeah, some, they, they need to get remunerated also. So this is what we did. And I think what, what it may be a key takeaway is that we, in everything we did, we always took a, like an 80-20 approach. So we look at, okay, what is the pain point? What are the solutions there in the market? How much they cost? How much time it takes to implement them? And then we did trade-offs. You know, we didn't take the, the most expensive solution, the one that is the best, but we did an 80-20 to be able to ship a first MVP, get the first reaction. And then, of course, in the next step, we would like to go even further in the wallet integration so that it's really, really seamless. A person would connect. Automatically, we create a wallet for him, and then he has it instead of having two, three steps. So, but like, yeah, key takeaway, focus on the 80, and then uh, you'll see that a lot of users will be already happy and you will start seeing results and don't focus, don't like just seek perfection. Got it. And uh, speaking about that, um, as a talent acquisition company, uh, we, we work with many Web3 companies and we were lucky enough to work with Spooky as well. Uh, however, uh, according to my observation and i guess uh you 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 talked about that in one of your interviews as well that there is still lack of successful web3 projects web3 games specifically right and from your point of view why that uh the success of uh, web3 well i think uh because there was a hype uh you know around web3 uh, so a lot of people started a project uh, in in web3 without knowing exactly what they were doing, you know. Uh, I saw many projects and I always like, uh, even sometimes on LinkedIn, I ask, okay, but what is your utility of the project? You know, why, why are you doing this on the blockchain? Could you not just do the same just on the internet? Why do you need the blockchain? And many projects didn't have a utility, but it was so hype, so everybody was buying, 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 because yeah, the market was going up, so nobody would like dare to think or question it, you know, it's going up, so it's fine, you know. Uh, but but from the from the very beginning, I was very cautious because I said if there is a downturn in the market, uh, project without utility will have like will suffer, will have a problem. So from the inception in Puki, we didn't think about the RDNT itself. The NFT is just the technology. We leverage the blockchain. But we thought, okay, what what do we what can we offer to the people? What do we want to offer? What is the problem that we're solving? So the problem we're solving is this like. Uh, uh, unhealthiness in, in sport betting by offering a uh, sport gaming app based on the blockchain, which is healthy for people that still love uh, to predict. So we're really focused on the utility. And in our case, is a fun game uh, with taking away the, the risk. So I think the fact that also the market today is a bit uh, more cautious, you know, there are a bit investors are a bit, yeah, also more cautioning where they invest. It will just force uh, the projects that are in the market or newcomers to think, okay, why do I need the blockchain and what do I want to, what is the problem solving and what is the utility and the extra value that I'm offering to uh, the user, the end user or your target user. And um, okay, so let's talk a bit about your team, right? Uh, um, 
I know that you're looking for like the best A A level talent, and I know that uh, Puk is kind of international company, right? So you are engineers from from uh, from different countries. Uh, in I know it for sure because we helped you with with a couple of roles. Uh, but for those for those companies who are kind of new, for those founders who are new to this global hiring, international hiring, right? Who are just new to or just want to build this international team like like you have, what maybe yeah. you can tell us, what are some strategies you have found effective for hiring and maybe retaining the top, top global yes. talent? Can you, can you sure, talk sure. about that? Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I would start maybe by saying that you, to any uh, founder that is listening or any uh, future founder that is listening to this interview, don't be afraid to uh, recruit globally. Because at the beginning, you know, you know, old model, you might be a bit afraid, you know, how are you going to manage everybody remotely? How are you going to manage people from different origins, from different countries, different religions and everything? But you shouldn't be afraid because I think the benefits, they, uh, they, they are like way above like the potential complication that you, that you might have. So you should really embrace it because it gives you access to a talent pool, which is in our case, it's European because we, we still want to be in the same time zone, but the further that we're going to grow, uh, of course, we, we could have uh, an American team, a European team, and an Asian team uh, that would totally, uh, totally, uh, totally make sense. So, yeah, you, you get access to, uh, yeah, a worldwide talent pool, whether in, uh, like in the sort of old traditional model, if you would implant your company in a specific city, but then uh, your talent pool is over there. They competition with many other, many other companies. It's way more limitative. So your, your capacity to recruit fast is limited. As simply as that. Then to retain them, I think you, you need to be uh, quite modern in, uh, in what you offer, uh, align on the standard of the market and be just like really upfront. For us, it seemed natural to be a remote uh, decentralized company because we're building on the blockchain. So it didn't make sense to centralize a team somewhere if you're building something decentralized. And uh, yeah, we just embraced this decentralization by, uh, of course, so remote working, but this seems obvious in our case. Uh, a lot of flexibility, you know, at the end for me, if you do your job uh, in the morning, at, at lunch, in the evening, late hours, some of the dev work really late, some work really early. So we offer really flexibility, some on the weekend, and they want to be a bit more relaxed on the Friday afternoon for whatever reason. So for us, it's really, a, it, it doesn't matter when, it's what you do that uh, is really important. And I think that's also a bit of a shift in the way of approaching uh, approaching uh, yeah work. So it's really about giving them flexibility and uh, listen to what are the needs, so that if they are happy, then they will deliver the most also within uh, within the company. And uh, yeah, and then the founder is also happy, and then everybody is happy in them. Yeah, and maybe uh, from more from tactical perspective, do, do you do you have any specific strategy or criteria in terms of countries to to hire from? Maybe there there were some thoughts in terms of compliance or some some other other criteria that that you that you currently have in mind or that you had in mind while while choosing the countries to hire from. Can you talk about that a bit? Yes, uh, about countries. I mean, uh, right now, like you said, we are really European. So we have uh, people from Romania, uh, Hungary, Serbia, Slovenia. So more on the eastern side, but we have also people located in France, 
in uh, in Belgium, in the UK and Germany. So you can see it's really covering all the European side. Uh, what we see is that on the Eastern country, uh, you have a pool of tech talents, uh, which is very qualified and uh, also very eager to show uh, their capabilities, uh, especially uh, in the, on the tech side and on the blockchain side. So there's a lot of uh, knowledge uh, because I think some countries where, yeah, where you have a little, little trust in your own currency pushes people to embrace more cryptocurrencies. So it's something a bit more diffused in the society and mechanically it has an impact on the knowledge of the, of the, of the people that work in, in engineering, basically. So for us, let's say that we had a bit of, uh, on the tech side, we oriented a bit more to Eastern countries. Um, and then, yeah, we started like, you know, find some talents and then we started building around uh, those talents because it made sense. And maybe one day we'll maybe centralize a, a tech team in uh, in one country or one, uh, one one area, so that it really makes sense. But we have also engineers uh, based in France, so it's really uh, it's really global. But uh, on the eastern countries, uh, well, we have a lot of people from Serbia. They're really really qualified. I'll not give names, otherwise uh, people are gonna start trying to poach them. Okay. Uh, okay. So another question. So um, you, as someone who has experience uh, uh, working in the venture capital space, right, and yes. someone who who is currently running a Web three pretty successful Web three Web three company, uh, for for those guys who are looking for this opportunity to invest in the Web three space, what advice would you give to potential investors that are looking to look at some Web three company? to invest, uh, to, you know, how can they protect themselves? Do, do you have any kind of checklist that can that they can follow and find really, really great opportunities in this in this area? Yeah, what I can say is that, uh, yeah, when I was like working on the, on the venture capital side, I didn't really focus on Web3 project because uh, that's where I made the step and I went on the other side of the, of the, of the river, let's say. Uh, but first, to any investor that is listening, I would say uh, contact us because we are uh, currently fundraising right now, and uh, we tick any any uh, any tick mark. So uh, feel welcome to uh, to contact us. No, but uh, beside that, what I would say, I think you know it depends a bit on the stage of the company. But if it's very early stage company, I think you need to really look at uh, yeah again what I said before what is the problem that uh, the team is trying to solve and how they are leveraging blockchain technology is it really needed to have the the blockchain technology in our case yes it's fully needed because otherwise it would simply not be possible to revolutionize the way that people uh, predict so yeah what are you solving do you need the the blockchain of course the team uh, is the team legit because you i mean the, the industry of WFT I've seen some some scams and uh, some big investors have been also maybe not scammed but uh, been a bit above our promise to have been negligent in the, in the way they have uh, given funds and they have been given like uh, carte blanche to the to the entrepreneur do a bit whatever you want anyway the the market is growing so we are happy it's growing uh, but in the end yes, when there's a downturn then you start seeing uh, uh, how the, the person's are behaving. So I think it's important, like, the, check the team, not only the founder, but who is around him, huh? because that's, uh, that's, uh, that's very important. And of course, if you, uh, if you, you want to invest a bit down uh, later at a later stage, I would always focus on, uh, on data, you know, what, what is the data of the company? 
and not only dreams because at some moment yes it's nice to have a vision a dream eh? but at some moment you want to see also we have a reality check what are the figures what is the, the dynamic dynamic sorry of the of the company in terms of of revenue in terms of user in terms of retention so hard data uh, more than uh, than words got it thanks for for that advice um so i, I still have a a bunch of questions but we're kind of running out of time so probably my okay. last question in sure, in sure. the in the reality of this blockchain uh, web3 gaming what, what future trends do, do you predict and and maybe how does spooky plan to evolve and sell uh, and stay i would say at the at the forefront of these trends that's uh i think it's a difficult question of course because it's difficult to anticipate uh what can happen in the space. A lot of things are happening fast. I'm curious maybe how AI will uh, integrate and intertwine with blockchain, because now uh, I felt there was a, really a big movement about blockchain, but three NFTs, now there's a big movement to AI. Uh, I don't think that the two are uh, to be distinguished, but I'm, I'm thinking that the AI will then power up at some moment back into, into the blockchain. So I'm, I'm curious how, and we're thinking, you know, how we can incorporate also AI within uh, within our product, uh, well, there are like some easy easy ways. Huh? Of course, in the, in the prediction, you can have an AI tool helping you understand the data, crunch the data, so that you can make a more educated prediction. You could think about AI helping uh, the players to create new assets within the game, so giving more power to the player. It's also our vision on the long term to be more decentralized, and AI can enable any player. So yeah, I'm I'm curious on AI. Um, of course, regulation is uh, something important. It's not per se the tech, how the blockchain tech will evolve, but the regulation around it, because now it's a bit like a wild west, it's a bit of far west. Uh, if I look to our space, you have gambling laws and then you have normal laws, but there is no specific regulation framework for blockchain gaming. France is trying to regulate. Uh, if they manage, in the end, it will be applicable to apply to the European Union. So we're monitoring that, uh, the regulation. And maybe the third one is, uh, yeah, purely the, the, uh, all the tools that are getting developed around the blockchain itself. So you have a lot of companies offering new services to make the, the onboarding towards Web3 more seamless. You have the, the, the wallet, the gas fees. So there are a lot of new companies coming up. And uh, so we're looking at, uh, you know, trying to partner with the, the best one that will be the, the sort of proven solution uh, for us to integrate and uh, become a super uh, seamless uh, Web3 experience. So that's at some moment we can really scale and people from Web2, they will not even think, ah, oh, wait, I'm going to a Web3 game. No, I'm just playing a game where I own assets and it doesn't matter how it's done. It's just a technology. Like today you go on Amazon and uh, you click, you, you, you select, you, you, you buy, put in the cart and then it comes home. But everything that happens beside that, you don't care. It's not important for you. That's true. Um, okay, I guess I guess we're good. Uh, thanks a lot, Claudio, for this uh, incredible discussion, for sharing your insights on how how Pookie transforms this sports betting industry, on remote hiring strategies that you have, and just thanks a lot for for those tips for investors who are going to invest in the Web three space. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, and we wish you and Pookie all the best in your journey. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. See you.